Well, best-selling author Malcolm Gladwell credits a Mennonite family for his own return to the faith. Gladwell wrote books like Tipping Point, Outliers. He said in Winnipeg, Canada, this family, their daughter died in a violent crime. And when they spoke to the media, they said this. We would like to know who the person or persons are who committed this crime so we could share, hopefully, a love that seems to be missing in these people's lives. As Gladwell said, at a moment of tragedy, their thought was for the person or persons who committed the crime. And as he would say, it is one thing to read in a history book about people empowered by faith. It's quite another to meet an otherwise very ordinary person in the backyard of a very ordinary house who managed to do something extraordinary. That brings us to Hebrews 1, verse 6, where it says, When he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. As we enter into this Christmas time, the Son entered into the world, let all the angels, let all people worship him. Mark Rutland shares about a survey that asked people, what do you most crave to hear? This was done here in the United States. The number two answer, I forgive you. The number one thing people most crave to hear, I love you. Beautiful picture of the gospel message. Christ entered into the world to announce, I forgive you and I love you. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, a familiar verse tells us, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. These wise men have been a part of our culture, some parts from the gospel, other parts not from the gospel. For instance, the wise men were not at the nativity. Luke tells us they arrived about two years after the birth of Christ. We don't know how many there are. It's popular to say three because there were three gifts. There could have been many other ones. They also were not kings, as we sing in the song. They were rather priests who were also astronomers. It's debated by scholars where did they actually come from. Two countries to the east of Judea, Nabataea and also Persia, are the most likely places, one of the two. It's important, though, to remember when we read the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew often quotes the Old Testament. Sometimes he explains why, other times he does not, because in that culture he was writing to people very familiar with at least the Torah or the Pentateuch, the first five books of Moses. In fact, it was common to memorize those, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so when he writes about the Magi, you'll notice again, he specifies from the east. We'll see he makes that point two times. In fact, if you were in that first century, if I were in that first century, if Matthew sat down and said, these wise men came from the east, it would have called up a number of places where that's important in scripture. One of the first ones to come up, Numbers 23, where Balaam, a prophet, called to curse Israel. When he opened his mouth, though, he spoke blessings. And then he was told, try again. He went to curse, and once again, he spoke a blessing. Balaam said of himself, the king of Moab brought me from the east to curse Israel. As was said so long ago by Shakespeare, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, 
than are dreamt of in your philosophy, the line from Hamlet. Indeed, there are more things than perhaps we see by just a cursory reading of the Christmas story. So let's pause for a few moments and go a little bit deeper. As we study these men, we are told that came from the East because they represent you, they represent me. So if we were in that first century, we might stop and think about Balaam because we'll see he comes back up in a few moments, specifically speaking about the birth of Christ, even though he was speaking centuries before that birth would take place. Most minds would go back to Genesis chapter 3, 24, the fall of Adam and Eve, where we are told God drove the man out at the east end of the garden. Then he placed a cherubim with a flaming sword to block that gate. Where was man driven out? To the east. And he could not come back in to that garden, that paradise, because the angel blocked that path. You go a short time forward, Genesis chapter 4, Cain is now banished. He says the punishment is too great. In chapter 4, verse 16, we're told Cain went out of the presence of the Lord to the land of Nod. And notice, where is Nod? East of Eden. To put it succinctly in Scripture, Moving to the east represents moving away from God, moving away from the presence of God, moving into sin and selfishness and fears and doubts. Moving west is a picture of redemption. So these wise men that came from the east, well, Matthew lets us know specifically that twice. So we would understand, again, they represent you, they represent me. In fact, go back to Matthew Chapter 2, the next verse, familiar statement where they say, Where is he who has been born king of Judea? For we have seen his star. And hold that thought for a moment. Just briefly, the star is still a mystery today. There are many who will write and say they know what the star represents or what the star was, but it's still a mystery. Some believe it was a supernatural light. Others think that it was a comet that God used. Some say an angel. Some say the planet Venus. Others, perhaps, the glory of God. We simply don't know. What we can say is what Ignatius wrote, A.D. 108, a star shone in the night, brighter than all the other stars. Its light, indescribable. Its strangeness produced wonder. So, Matthew verse. 2 of chapter 2. Notice they say, we have seen his star in the east. We have come to worship him. The wise men, they came from the east because why? They saw his star where? In the east. East, going east, is moving from God's presence. Yet the firstborn was born into the world that the angels would worship him. Why? Because he found us in the east. Where did that light first shine? Into our own darkness. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Where does he find us? He finds us in the east and in our sin and despair and doubts. And he takes us out of the east back towards the promised land, the garden 
in Christ, where everything is yes and amen. As Gordon McRae said, the Magi represent all those who have fallen, alienated from God, banished east of Eden. They saw a star there. It followed its light. I'm in a place filled with men who have lived their entire lives east of Eden. For them, the Magi are a sign of the very best news. Freedom can be found in only one place. And the way out of that is the star of Bethlehem. It's very different to live back towards the garden rather than east of Eden. To move west, life takes a whole new dimension. For instance, this is Dwight Longnecker. He shares about his grandfather who the week before Christmas in Pennsylvania, walking past the river with two children from the family, they began to cross the bridge. The bridge was icy. Coming the other way, a truck lost control. The grandfather pushed the children to safety. He himself was hit by this truck. They rushed him to the ER where he was in a coma. And as Dwight shares, his wife praying, I'll let his words explain what happened next. As they were praying together in the ER, my grandfather opened his eyes. He looked at the corner of the room. His face was filled with radiance. And he said, can't you see them? Can't you see them, my dear? They are so beautiful. And then he was gone. Steve Jobs, who started Apple, his own sister would share that when he died in the hospital, in his last breath, suddenly his eyes became clear. She said, he looked past me like I wasn't there. And he simply said three times, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. When he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all of the angels of God Worship Him. Men from the East who first saw the star in the East and the star led them West towards the promised land. Back to Balaam, Numbers 24. He wanted to pronounce a curse. Instead, he speaks a blessing and he says, I was brought from the East and then he makes this prophecy, Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star out of Jacob, a scepter from Israel. Balaam, centuries before Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, says, I see him. He got a vision of that first Christmas. But he says, but not now. And I behold him, but the time was not yet. Waiting for that desire of all nations, the entire world held its breath until that first century when a star appeared. Some men from the east began to track the movements of that mystery. And they left the east and headed west. And there they found the light of the world, the light that lighteth the hearts of all men. This morning, my wife and I, we were exercising and we have a membership 
online where you do live classes with teachers. And this morning, the teacher was sharing that she had lost her mother recently. And she said, I'm searching for a reason to find hope in this Christmas. And she said, so I want to play some Christmas music to encourage people who perhaps are finding themselves in some darkness. You see, for it's us that have been brought out of the East, who have seen the light, it's for us to pay attention to those around us, and perhaps that's you today that you think, you know what, I've had a loss, and Christmas is difficult, and my encouragement to you, to me, is listen, the light shineth in the East. In that place of our own brokenness, our lostness, our doubts and our fears, the light finds us there in those moments so we can be brought into the fullness of His light. Let each of us be aware, sensitive to others around us who may be having a more difficult time as we come to celebrate and worship like the angels this newborn king, that our minds also think of those who perhaps need a helping hand and some encouragement and maybe just a word of our own testimony to say, here's what the light means to me. Brennan Manning, a minister and an author, had this to say. Why is Brennan Manning lovable in the eyes of God? Because on February 8, 1956, in a shattering, life-changing experience, I committed my life to Jesus. Does God love me because ever since I was ordained a priest? I've roamed the country and lately the world proclaiming good news. Does God love me because I tithe to the poor? Does He love me because back in New Orleans I work on Skid Row with alcoholics, addicts, and those who suffer with AIDS? Does God love me because I spend two hours every day in prayer? If I believe that stuff, I'm a Pharisee. Then I feel I'm entitled to be comfortably close to Christ because of my good works. The gospel of grace says, Brennan, you're lovable for one reason only, because God loves you, period. For us, Christmas is the time of celebration to share in the joy the angels proclaim, the good news, a word that means the announcing of often the arrival of a king. And with that arrival, it was a celebration, sometimes a parade. It was a joyful Annunciation. And so it is for us. Because at one time, and perhaps even today, we have found ourselves east of Eden. Just like the Magi, He bids us to move from the east, from that sin, from that selfishness, from that brokenness, from that fear, from that doubt, and follow the light that found us there as that light leads us out into the newness of His grace. 
because we all desperately wish and want to hear, I forgive you and I love you. Perhaps at no place is the promise stated more beautifully than when David writes Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Perhaps we get caught up too much in the busyness of the season, distractions, the pull of the east. Let's be more focused on the light leading us into life and celebrate the good news because truly as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We hope to see everyone Christmas Eve, 6 p.m. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Each of us, and perhaps even now, have found ourselves east of Eden. But the light appeared even in the darkness to lead us to grace and truth found in Jesus Christ and his promise I forgive you, and I love you. Hallelujah. Amen.